content warning for death. Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm Caleb Clark. And I'm Mary Darrow. Thanks for tuning in. Today we've got two lovely albums for you folks. We've got The Black Parade by uh, My Chemical Romance and uh, High as Hope by Florence and the Machine. How about you start us off with a little bit about MCR there, Mary? Thanks so much, Caleb. Um, The Black Parade is the 2006 uh, rock album by the New Jersey-based rock band My Chemical Romance. It's their third studio album. It was a concept album starring a character who's dying of cancer known as The Patient um, as he sort of takes his journey towards the end of his life and what comes afterwards. Uh, one thing people didn't know about this album, or some people knew, I guess, but not everyone, is that the band, while they were trying to make a, while they were trying to make like a story, a coherent story, they involved some elements of their personal life, including when they worked on the album, they stayed in the Paramore Estate, which I guess is a an allegedly haunted house in L.A. So Ooh. some of the elements of the supernatural in the song were inspired by their time in that haunted house. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Through <laughs> Gothcred. I also didn't know they were from New Jersey. This... Yeah. yeah, they're um they're from New Jersey, like the core four of them, and then I think Bob Breyer, their drummer, I think he was originally from Florida, but yeah. Um I'm excited to talk about this album just because I love emo music, and I think for people my age, The Black Parade is a sort of a definitive emo album, emo rock album. So uh, I'm I'm really excited about it. So I hope I hope you are too. Yeah, yeah, no. This is I will be honest. This is my really probably my first time really listening to the album full. Although I am fairly okay. goth, I was also a sheltered child, so I didn't get around to a lot of the you know edge music when I was. <laughs> My youth. So I had to play I totally catch up. get that. <laughs> yeah, this was a really intense album, you know, lots of you know weird combination of like, you know, intense deep emotion and big theatricality and, you know, glam rock throwbacks. It was it was all over the place, but in a really great operatic way. I really enjoyed for, it. Yeah, for sure. I think they were definitely striving for something big and it ended up having Quite a few moving parts that they were grabbing onto. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Did, did you have any favorite songs from it? Oh, my gosh. So hard to choose. I, I think my favorite song is probably Dead, which is, I think, towards the beginning of the album, like first or second song. I love the whole album, but that song, for some reason, it's just so, like, upbeat, you know? It just pops into my head at weird times, so... <laughs> That's probably my favorite song. How about you? Did you have one that stood out to you? Yeah. Mm, let's see. I think my overall favorite is probably Mama. Because that's their most... It, it seemed to be the most out there because it's more of a theater song. Almost a, almost a klezmer. And it's like them writing a letter home to mom about how they've embraced nihilism. Also, Lisa Minnelli shows up for a quick second. And it's like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mama's a great song, and I think it's so cool that they got Liz Minnelli to join in, because I know um, 
the band specifically Gerard and Mikey have been fans of hers for a long time. So that was like, that's so cool. They got like such an awesome guest star. <laughs> yeah. That, that does honestly explain them being Liza Minnelli fans also kind of explains the whole theatricality of it with it. Yeah. Oh, it's the, yeah. like I mentioned before, very over the top in a rock opera way, you know, big swells of emotion and all this. Yeah. Well, there's, there's so much pageantry involved with that album, you know, cause I mean, musically, but also their live shows, they would, you know, they dress in the, the black parade uniforms and really go all out with that stuff. And it's like, you know, I feel like they wouldn't have gone for that unless they like really, really, really loved the theatricality, you know, so they're living their dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the one big thing, of course, of the album is, you know, death. Because as you mentioned, it's about a person dying of cancer and just sort of going through his journey with that. Uh, what? How do you feel like they treated death in this album? It's interesting because I kind of, I guess for, you know, a lot of life, it's like, you know, life is the journey and death is the end. Whereas I feel like this album, they sort of, they looked at death as like an opportunity to keep going. And the way I perceived it is the character, you know, he dies. And then when he's in the afterlife, he's like meeting other people and hearing their life experiences and stuff like that. And I feel like it was kind of an unusual take to, look at death as like an opportunity to keep going um, in, in that kind of detailed way, I guess. A lot of people believe in the afterlife, but don't always involve stories that like go into such detail about what happens once they get there. So I thought that was an interesting take at least. Yeah. Yeah. Def there is definitely a lot of, like you say, that emphasis on what comes like death and what comes after a lot. Of yeah. I also noticed a lot of the lyrics seem to be surround, surrounding, you know, memory of people who've passed on, like how in Welcome to the Black Parade, it's about remembering his past father. Uh, this is how I disappear, you know, talking about how he's kind of scared that people will forget him. And then a couple of times he's using the diagnosis as a jan chance to say, kiss my grits to, you know, everyone who sort of, Book poorly of them because now they're going to have to remember oh yeah he's dead now oh <laughs> yeah well and I know that um you know my chemical romance I mean everybody on earth really has a lot of different experiences with death but I know for um lyricist Gerard Way and his brother Mikey the bassist they're one of the main people who supported them um in becoming artists was their grandmother so her death um, had a really big impact on them. So I'm sure, I mean, everyone's impacted by death, but I'm sure that's got to, you know, their memory of her was probably what inspired, you know, talking about characters and people as, you know, in their memories. And also, yeah, that's definitely going to be one that sticks with you. I I know if and when either of my grandparents grandmothers go 
I'm going to be writing a lot of albums too. You're not alone, Gerard. Yeah. But yeah. Also, as far as like deaths that were inspiring, it was also because, you know, the famous thing, 9-11 inspired MCR. That's why we have yes. to shape the gray now. And so, <laughs> yeah, within that context, you also, since this comes out in 2006 and we're pretty well into the war phase, you know, the Iraq war and what and Afghanistan war, like they don't deal with it as directly as like a American idiot does, which was another one from around the time. But yeah. there's a lot of it. I mean, one death was on the news a lot because there was all, oh yeah, there was also Katrina. It was, it was right. and the tsunami. There was, it was just a bit generally a bad time. And the, but yeah, but also like, there's a lot about, you know, being teenagers who refuse to conform to the system and some, a little bit of military imagery that kind of puts it in a new light when you think about the interaction of that inspiration of 9-11 and the events of the time. They ever? Yeah. Well, and definitely for sure. I know that because, you know, it's a concept album, we tend to think of it as being like, oh, this like really specific, you know, sort of like a fantasy hypothetical story, but they definitely, it definitely reflects a lot of real life events that a lot of the nation and the world were experiencing at the time that I didn't really think about when I was first listening to this. I wasn't really thinking about it in reflection of the world. You know, I was a teenager, like thinking about how I felt, you know? So I think those are really good points that you bring up about the world events that were happening at the time that clearly influenced it. And also there, there but there is also something to be said, like for the taking it as, you know, the personal side, cause there is also a very strong personal side. So yeah, your emo self is awesome for going out and listening to this and being like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, you mentioned that this was your first time listening to the album all the way through. Yeah. Were you, was it, I guess my question would be, did the, what you might've heard before, like listening to songs here and there, did your opinion change on the album since you heard the whole thing or like, did you get new meaning out of it that maybe you didn't before? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Sorry. No, no. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me see. Like the before listening through all the way, and my main exposure was like "Welcome to the Black Parade," obviously, <laughs> and then also some memes that had uh, teenagers and the one line from Mama about "You should have raised a better girl. I could have been a better son." That one. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so I think I just knew it generally as, you know, uh, you know, big edgy mid two thousands album, you know, <laughs> something about the parade, the one piano note. Yeah. But like this definitely really deepened that understanding and you know, right into like, wow, this is actually a really tight album. Lots of jams <laughs> and lots of feelings. <laughs> yes. I think it's like obviously it's a lot of feelings but it's also because it's so high energy I feel like it's a good album to listen to at the gym which like usually I don't listen to emo stuff at the gym but it's like I think you could work out to this album it, especially it mama yeah get your heart rate going 
Yeah, House of Wolves would be really good to have a jam too. Yeah. I don't think cancer would keep me no. going. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> me pumping iron Hopefully while you're jerking away, saying, I'm soggy from the chemo. I'm like, yes, <laughs> my games. <laughs> but when, when we were talking earlier, like, like in our sort of pre-discussion, you had mentioned like the, uh, transformation and evolution was one of the things that you would about. Uh, I was curious what yeah. you meant by um, Well, I know that for me, when I first was getting interested in my chemical romance, um, I had a friend who just, uh, she just played me a couple songs, you know, from this album that weren't really in any specific order. And I just, I liked the music. So I when I actually listened to the album um, all the way through in order, I was kind of surprised at the order that they put the songs in. I would have thought, you know, if you just listened to the singles, I would have thought that Welcome to the Black Parade would have been more at the beginning and stuff like that. Because I think like I touched on a little bit earlier, um, usually for stories, death is like the very end sort of story or like element of the story or sometimes maybe towards the beginning, but here it was, it's about this guy sort of staring down death and then it's not the end for him. It's what goes on after and his reflections on life. And I think you see this character sort of change as he goes through, like he's got the, you know, the frustration and disappointment and sadness in the beginning as he's, you know, having chemo and not doing so well. And then the black parade appears and, you know, they're calling him to the other side. And then he's meeting other people on the other side, these, you know, fallen soldiers and these characters that he's trying to understand their life. And you see this character sort of change. And I guess it depends how you determine the album, but I really took it like the guy was, maybe he was glimpsing into the other side, but he wasn't all the way there. So on Famous Last Words, I'm like, maybe he's got the resolve to keep fighting, whereas before he didn't. I, I think they sort of explore this character changing as he's going through this. But the band also changed like they're My Chemical Romance, but they toured as this band that they called the Black Parade during the Black Parade tour. And you see a lot of physical transformation in the character, in the lyrics of the songs, but you also see the emotional transformation as he's moving across this journey that I feel like normally wouldn't involve death as like a middle step, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I see that, yeah. That changing of the self. Yeah, that is a really cool point. Really. Yeah, when you texted me that at first, I was like, hmm? Transformation? <laughs> what? Yeah, I can definitely see that. I, I, I kind of felt, I guess it's like a, I also definitely agree that like the Black Parade is like the turning point, but also I felt like I personally read it as like gaining clarity where the beginning part is a lot more, has a lot more sort of anger and it feels, you know, hectic and aimless. And then as it goes on, it becomes more introspective and gets more ballady. 
And then, yeah, like you say, famous last words, bit of the hope to keep, because he keeps saying, like, I'm not afraid to keep on living. It's like, from an entire album about death, the end on that note, it's like, oh, Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too, to me, because, um, like I mentioned, I guess they were, I don't think they stayed, the band, I don't think they stayed in the Paramore estate for the whole time that they were working on this album, but towards the end of when they were trying to finish up and write some songs, I know that um, Famous Last Words is the main one that they wrote while they were in this allegedly haunted house, and they've spoken in interviews about how the the weird atmosphere on top of like the weird atmosphere of the the haunted house allegedly haunted house that they were in as well as their own personal senses of confusion and like worrying if they were going to live up to stuff sort of culminated in this really weird change in their interactions with each other and ultimately they came out of it stronger but I think you can really see that change because I don't think they were planning to make the ending so happy, not happy, but, you know, like, like full of resolve. Um, and I'm under the impression that originally when they first started trying to make this album, that wasn't what they were going to do. So I think, I think they were surprised by that, um, that change that happened even in themselves as they were being affected by their own creative process. Super cool. The haunted house changed them. Yes. <laughs> well, and not to just like say a bunch of fun facts about this haunted house, but um, there the song "Sleep," where he's talking about. There's a little vocal clip of um, Gerard saying that there were he was having night terrors. He alleged in interviews that he had the night terrors where someone was grabbing his throat in that haunted house. Oh. So. Yeah, spooky. And ooky. Altogether <laughs> kooky. Yes. So I know that um, this album tends to be, or rather this band even, just tends to be associated with, you know, teenagers a lot of the time since that was a huge fan base um, when the album first came out. Do you think... Do you think that there's a lot of, do you think if it came out now, the same people who would have been in it, into it as teenagers, do you think that they would still find the appeal as adults? Or do you think it's, do you think the theatricality is more like a teenage appeal? Mm. Yeah, I think. It it is hard to say. I would say, as sort of a litmus test, I feel like the thing with this album is that it's so foundational within the perception of you know youth music of yeah. that generation that like if it came out today, it would I think it would be more like Olivia Rodrigo or MGK, where it's like. Throw, if it sounded exactly like this and nothing else in the music the music world changed, you know, like Panic and Fall Out Boy were still there, you know, doing, doing their thing. And they were like more of a throwback to that. I feel like it would still 
appeal to that generation in that nostalgia way, I feel, I want to say. Okay. It's, but I think, I mean, I think the kids would still love it because we've, we've always got little edgelords running around, so, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what, what do you think, like, if this, and, and I guess also as proof, like, you know, I had only heard, like, the two songs, and I was still like, yeah, this is a really good album. <laughs> so what, what do you think? Do you think it, and since the Ute? You know, I, I think, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I think so. I think, I guess I'm just looking at, like, my own collection of friends who are my age and who are still, like, we're in the shadows, but we're still very loyal to My Chemical Romance, and we we like when the songs come in. So I think I think the nostalgia factor is a big element, but I do think I think just having the really I think teenagers like to think you know they like to compare like oh this music the lyrics are good the lyrics are bad whatever and I do think that My Chemical Romance leaves a lot of they're very wordy and they leave a lot of. Um, different ways to interpret stuff. So I think, I think teenagers would like that element, but I don't know if it, if it would be able to compete with a lot of the modern trends per se, but I do think, I think, you know, people who like this type of stuff, I think these kinds of people will exist in every generation and always like this kind of music. So I don't know if they'd be as big today, but if they didn't have like the built-in fan base already, but I think they definitely have appeal. Yeah. It's hard to say, though, you know? Any overall thoughts left? Um, yeah, I, I personally picked, I'm, oh, I should say thank you for inviting me on. Um, I was, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm very, I was very happy to be invited. And when you offered me the opportunity to pick an album, I wanted to pick this one because it, I just remember, you know, when I first listened to it and when I was super big into the band, I felt, I really loved that they told a story. It was one of my first times listening to a concept album um, that had such a blatant story expressed. So I thought at the time that, you know, them having this character called the patient and all the other characters he meets, like Mother War and stuff, I thought that was very... I thought that was very cool and it's probably not as unique as I thought at the time, but that made a really big impact on me was the, the specific kind of story they were trying to tell. And, you know, listening to it as an adult now, um, without my frenetic excitement over the band, you know, I'm still a big fan, but back then I was like listening to every interview and like reading every article and stuff. It's like, without that gauze in front of me, I can, I can really see, I think there's, I just, I think the energy of the album really lasts, but I think that there's a lot more interpretation now than I originally saw. So I, I think it, it's an album that keeps on giving, at least to me, because <laughs> you can reinterpret things. Yeah, I, let, give me a few more years and I'll see how many more reinterpretations I can cook up to try and, you know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree that the yeah the story was cool because it also because like we had mentioned earlier, it sort of really helps with you know pushing the band to be more theatrical and 
strong themes. That I think that's a really good idea to put it into your album. Yeah. My only other last couple big notes are that lots of very good, you know, fun, upbeat, but in a, you know, emo, pop punk way. Yeah. Like songs with a lot of glam rock influence, like House of Wolves and Teenagers and uh, The Dead, like just a lot of really good guitar bits. And also, Cancer probably would have been my favorite, except that Gerard Way still has his exact same singing voice when he's doing a piano ballad. It does not do piano ballads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be... Well, the band is coming back nowadays, so it'll be interesting to see if he's kept his same vocal style or if he's tried to ev evolve any, but in the future. But yeah, on this album, he definitely has like one mode. <laughs> yeah, he's in the... Well, I don't know. He he is like 99% of the time in the you know, nasal California pop punk mode, but on like a first part of Famous Last Words, he seemed to mellow it out a little bit, so... Yeah. Roofy. <laughs> yeah. And I think that sounds like we're about good, so thank you, listener at home, for listening to this part about the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Stay tuned for when we talk about High as Hope by Florence and the Machine.